George Allen and Unwin Limited of London published the first edition of The Hobbit in September of 1937. This is the same year the hero of our episode was born. The main character of the book rose from obscurity to become a hero in a somewhat unorthodox way, known to be a thief. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about our first 2018 Hall of Fame inductee that made his way into the Hall of Fame in a similar fashion, because as a general manager, he was a trade artist. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off our DeLorean, the date is January 24th, 1937, and we are in Zanesville, Ohio. But before we go further, I wanted to let you know about the surprise I was talking about. You see, starting today, which is Saturday, and you're like, yeah, this is kind of weird. You normally release your episodes on Wednesday. But starting today, I'm going to release a daily episode for the next eight straight days. And these are going to be a little bit shorter than normal. However, the goal of this is to have a daily episode dedicated to each of the 2018 Hall of Fame inductee class. So what we're going to do is we're going to start today's episode with Bobby Bethard, and we're going to roll on through to next Saturday, which is August 4th, the Day of Enshrinement, where we're going to see all of the 2018 Hall of Fame class get inducted into the Hall of Fame. But before I get started... I wanted to remind you to head to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and to make sure you mash that little subscribe button on your podcast player of choice so you get the hottest, freshers off the press episodes each and every week. I'd also appreciate an honest review of the show. But let's get back to the episode. Like I said, the date is January 24th, 1937, and we are in Zanesville, Ohio. You see, this is where our hero of the story was born. This is our first 2018 Hall of Fame member. He is going to be Hall of Famer number 311, and his name is Bobby Bethard. Now, he was one of the contributors for the league. As we discussed a few days ago, the Hall of Fame class for 2018 had 18 nominations that made it to like the final cut round, I guess you can call it, for Selection Saturday. So they had two seniors, one contributor, then they had 15 modern era players. Bobby Bethard was a contributor because he had a 33-year career as a personnel administrator. Now, there were various different positions he had, but at one time throughout his career, Sports Illustrated would end up calling him the smartest person in the NFL. And what I'm thinking is, he probably would have been like, you know, a fantasy football legend. If he was an owner of a team, he probably would have had the nickname Nostradamus is my grasshopper because he was spelling doom for his opponents. And I'm going to get to the reason why he would have been called that. But just like Drake says, gotta start from the bottom, now I'm here. So as he did, he started from the bottom. But it wasn't like a total bottom, he was a scout. The first full year where he was actually, you know, employed by a NFL team was in 1966 for the Kansas City Chiefs, which happened to be the year they were in the first Super Bowl. And then again, uh, in 1967, he was a scout for them. Then from 1969 to 1971, he was a scout for the Atlanta Falcons. Then he got kind of like a promotion for the 1972 Miami Dolphins, where he would be hired as the director of player personnel from 72 to 77. 
And if that year sounds familiar, yes, that was the year they went undefeated and won the Super Bowl. Then they would win the Super Bowl the following year. So I'm saying this guy is already on to the fast track, which is probably one reason why the Washington Redskins would promote him to his first gig as the general manager in 1978, where he would serve from 1978 to 1988. Then he kind of took a year off for a little bit for various reasons. Then he decided to go be the general manager for the San Diego Chargers in 1990, where he would serve until 1999. One of the reasons why he decided to go out to San Diego was when he was a little tyke, his parents moved him out there to, you know, California area, El Segundo, and he would, you know, he said that he loved to ride the waves. And when I was listening to the National Football Hall of Fame conference call that he had, he talked about being out there on the waves. And he even, I, I'm pretty sure I heard him talking about still riding the waves nowadays, but uh, I'd have to go back and fact check that one for you. In an article from ESPN labeled Why He Was Selected, teams run by Beathard advanced to Super Bowl seven times in 1-4. He was also responsible for drafting Hall of Famers Junior Seau, Art Monk, Russ Grimm, Daryl Green, and it just the list goes on and on and on about all the different kind of things he did as far as drafting players. And we find out that it wasn't always the same way. Like I said, he was kind of an unorthodox kind of dude, but he was also responsible for hiring Joe Gibbs and turning the Redskins into a powerhouse. But the reason why he would be what I call Nostradamus is my grasshopper is because he was like the OG of trades. I mean, he was like basically Madden style where he was known for being a visionary as far as trading first round draft picks as weapons. I can just think about in Madden in the franchise mode where, you know, trading, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, I'll give this dude two first round draft picks and give me back that guy with a 98 rating. Yeah, sure. Let's go. And that's kind of like the same mentality he had. He's all like in the chamber, man. I have these draft picks and we are going to go because one thing that he did, well, later on as his career went on, as he became just, you know, his teams were constantly winning. Generally, there were later, you know, first rounders, but he had this keen eye for players. Like I said, Nostradamus. And he just knew these players in the back of the draft were just going to be killer. So even though free agents don't normally win championship, it sounds like Bobby Beathard basically played it just like Madden style, like I said. The 1982 Redskins Super Bowl team had 27 free agents from Beathard. Now think about that. There's a 53-man roster. So Barely over half of those players from that 1982 Redskins Super Bowl team were free agents. As in, he had to bring them in, whether it was off the streets, from another team, whatever it was. But he had this way of picking out the traits and he would give them to coach Joe Gibbs, who would just coach him up and all the coaches around him. And he would help orchestrate this crazy team together to win championships. But getting back to the draft. I mean, he was still good at that, too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, free agents was one thing and trades were another and swindling over here. But he had a keen eye for the draft as well. I mean, like I said, he was responsible for drafting some Hall of Famers, some of which were Junior Seau, Art Monk, Russ Grimm. And then the next guy I'm going to talk about, Daryl Green. There was an ESPN memorable moment article from the 1983 draft where Daryl Green came out that discussed how Beathard wanted this guy from a small school. He really wanted him because he thought he could be a contributor and play for a long time for him. Bobby tried to trade up many times to take Daryl Green, but there were no takers. But then, 
somehow Green lasted until the last pick where the Redskins were taking. So, of course, Beathard pulled the trigger, he took Daryl Green on his team, and then the rest is history, future Hall of Famer. But there was kind of a funny quote that came from Bobby where there was like a kind of a, it wasn't a confrontation, it was just a, you know, a a fun little going back and forth of, hey, what not for, and that kind of thing between Daryl Green when he was drafted and Bobby Beathard. And it went as such. So when we drafted Daryl, I called him and said, hey, Daryl, this is Bobby. We took you. And he said, you know, this is Daryl, it is. Man, why'd you wait so long to take me? And I said, Daryl, don't get mad at me for that. You had 27 other teams that passed you up. I'm the only one that took you. We could play any team and take their best receiver out of the game with Daryl. End quote. And then there's another quote from Bobby Beathard that kind of described his, I guess you say, reaction to the Hall of Fame and what he did throughout his career as far as, you know, what he was trying to contribute to the game. And it went as such. I never looked at it like I was trying to get into the Hall of Fame. I loved doing my job and always had fun doing my job. And as it turned out, we won a lot of games. The only thing I said to my wife when they gave me the news is my worst nightmare is having to give a speech. So if I have to do it, I'll be the shortest one up there. I'm like, dude, I totally relate, man. Uh, Speaking in public, as with most people, is not the thing that comes so easy, if you know what I mean. Um, On a side note, uh, really not related at all, but some of you may remember C.J. Beathard, the 49ers quarterback from last year who now is the backup. But, you know, that dude, that's his grandson. So even though it has nothing relatable, C.J. Beathard helped me a couple of times last year in fantasy football. But to get back to Bobby, he said that, you know, he thought about having his sons or Don Shula or somebody like that be his presenter for the Hall of Fame enshrinement. He said that he ultimately chose Joe Gibbs because he feels like that guy knows more about me and what I did for football than probably myself. I mean, one of these reasons was because he was the head coach of the Redskins for all but two years of Bobby's tenure while he was there. And that kind of sums it up a little bit there for Bobby Beathard. Now, there's way more we could talk about as far as his career goes. But like I said, we're going to keep this a little short and sweet. It's going to be a daily episode from now until next Saturday when we get to see all of these great individuals be inducted to the 2018 Hall of Fame class. Before I give you kind of my little closeout speech here, I wanted to say thank you all for coming along on this journey with me. And I am really looking forward to the Hall of Fame. and. Let me know what you think about these, uh, you know, I guess you could say shorter episodes, a little bit more frequently and that kind of thing. Maybe we'll change up the format. Just hit me up. You know, my Twitter is at FHDude. You can send an email to me. You can go over to thefootballhistorydude.com slash contact where you can have various different ways to get in touch with the show. And just, you know, hey, go out there, enjoy Hall of Fame and Tridement Week, um, what they are talking about, the four best days in football. And be like me, <laughs> get all giddy for the upcoming NFL season because kickoff is August 2nd, the Hall of Fame game, the first game, the first preseason game of the 2018 season between the Baltimore Ravens and the Chicago Bears. But again, one more thing though, uh, very curious when you contact me, I'm wondering. Who is the member of the 2018 class that you are most excited to see be inducted to the Hall of Fame this year? The last episode is going to be my guy. I'll tell you a little bit about it, but just curious. I'd like to know everyone's thoughts out there. And if you'd like to send in a recording of you know your favorite 
2018 inductee, by all means, send it in by footballmoment.com. But now I'm going to let you go. And I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of the Football History Dude and were able to gain some knowledge nuggets about one of the greatest general managers in league history. And tomorrow, I'm going to give you a brief overview of the career of our next Hall of Famer, Jerry Kramer. But for now, dudes, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.